You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And I want to welcome you to an amazing episode today. I'm excited because I get the chance to sit down and chop it up with my friend, Brian Callanan. It's been a minute. So as y'all know, for those of you who've seen this show, he and I can get pretty deep. But I'm so glad that I'll be able to tap in with him, find out all the things that he's been covering since I've been out. And also, you know, his, his episode, aired yesterday. We're going to be talking about all the things that, you know, he and his partner, David Croman went over. So I'm excited because Brian's in the building. I'm also excited because I get to talk to Steve Sneed. That's right. He is holding up uh, his end of the bargain by bringing his brilliance into community right now at ATS Sugiyama High School. He's going to be sharing with us an amazing event coming up that the community can participate in, an arts and education festival. They're going to be sharing uh, so so many different talents with young folks and really guiding them to see how they can use their brilliance for their own career. So I'm excited that he is also here to give us some insight on that amazing event. But of course, y'all, it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That is right. Go ahead, tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you cannot watch our TV show, don't worry. We got you covered on the podcast. Just search Converge Media Network anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Search for The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, whichever one is your favorite. Y'all search for us. You'll find us there. Shout out to everybody who's tagging and sharing and sharing the podcast. We appreciate it. The audience in that regard is growing because y'all are sharing. We appreciate it so much. Um, I'm excited though, because you know, anytime I got Brian here, you know it's going to be a great conversation. What's up, Brian? How are you? I, I'm great, Trey. It's good to see you. It's been a while. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having me. It's been too long, my yeah, friend, and so yeah. I'm so glad you could tap in with me this week yeah. and share some of the things you've been up to. Because I know you've been covering some things, and things just continue to move, whether <laughs> it, we're covering them or not. You're so right. give, give you're me right. some updates, Brian. What's going on out there in them streets? I guess one of the main things that we're talking about this week that I think has been a story that's been brewing for a long time is this downtown revitalization plan that Mayor Harrell is talking about, essentially making happen right out here on Pioneer Square, right on Third Avenue. And he's really trying to focus on uh, the fentanyl and synthetic drug uh, epidemic that we're going through right now as a society. And so what he's trying to do is twofold. He described it as really cracking down on people who are drug dealers out there and really trying to help people who are addicted to drugs out there. So he's trying to manage both of those things, balance both of those things. It's a very interesting uh, project that he's working on. And I think this is an effort that mayors have tried before, uh, certainly in this area, but he has some good support from a number of different law enforcement agencies. I think there are a number of different social service agencies that are going to help out too. And I'm interested to see what's going on here is uh, David Croman, uh, the reporter from the Seattle Times, was talking to me about in the podcast. The proof is really in the pudding here. We've got to see some results. But over the next couple of weeks, and next couple of months, 
Keep an eye on what's happening around that 3rd Avenue Pike Pine area there, especially. There's going to be more police presence. There's going to be a presence also of a special Seattle Fire Department team that specializes in overdose cases. They're trying to avoid those because the overdoses have gone up, overdose deaths have gone up. They spike significantly in King County. So they're trying to come at this from a few different ways. And I'm interested to see what happens here. But I think this is a real test. Mira Harrell really ran on this kind of platform when he ran a couple years ago. And so I'm interested to see how this pans out because I think this is going to be a test of his mayorship as it has been for every Seattle mayor. And I'm interested to see how this goes. There's one other piece that I think is a little different about this time around. He's talking about testing something out called contingency management, which is kind of a fancy term for trying to engage with people who are addicted to drugs and saying, all right, how can we talk with you, meet with you, and actually hopefully incentivize you to get involved in treatment? So what they're doing is they're giving out low value gift cards, let's say 20, 30, 40 bucks, something along those lines. They'll get those gift cards and continue to get those kind of gifts if indeed they come back with positive results from their treatment plan, a 12 week plan there. So the, the administration, the Herald administration is really trying to do this extra outreach with the social service side of it, with the law enforcement side of it, and we'll see how it goes. But it's going to be an interesting process over the next couple of weeks and months. Well, I do think that uh, a lot of the unique challenges we're facing now, there's, I mean, addiction has been on the rise for many years, yeah. and yet it's really taken, I know, the city by storm. I yeah. mean, cities across America, honestly, yeah. are... COVID was a big, big, unfortunately, a big, big moment for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah where, where folks were more isolated, right? Yeah. Folks were turning to, you know, self-medication in a lot of different cases for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where it's actually time for new innovative approaches. And yeah. so sometimes when I hear some of these kinds of uh, approaches or, you know, strategies, Brian, I think to myself, let's, yeah, let's try something new. Yeah. I mean, it's about time that we uh, give the effort in ways that we really haven't before. And yeah. that's going to really be key to how cities really shape up and take ownership of these kinds of issues yeah. in their city. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting one to see how this plays out, but I do think it's time for some new approaches. I, I think so too. And I think it's, it's a timely measure too, because you think about the all-star game that's coming here to Seattle in July. I know we always get big crowds for the, and the Mariners games. People are streaming by Converge Studios all the time here. But at the same time, this is going to be that next level up. People are going to be walking through the streets of Seattle. They're going to be looking at what's going on here from a very public perspective. And so I think there's some impetus there from a number of different city leaders and people who are civic leaders in our area too, to make some changes, to try to make something on the ground, you know, very uh, straightforward in terms of how they're dealing with these cases. And yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes. And this is going to be a test for the Herald administration, but the timing of it, I think is very important before this summer when we get the Midsummer Classic coming here on July 11th. So wow. that's another date to think about too. Wow. Well, that also gives the city some push. I yeah. mean, some would say like, here we go. Yeah. You know, you don't want people to see the real, you yeah, don't want people yeah, to see yeah. what's really going on. And to a certain degree, we understand that from a city perspective, but my thing is about long-term solutions, yeah. sustainability. It can't just yeah. be cleaning up for the sake of travelers who are coming for yeah. this all-star turn. It can't be that yeah. because that right there is a, a, a real indication of the city not taking the uh, responsibility or the ownership to say, no, this is something that we need to be dealing with for the long term, yeah. you know, and this is a problem that we've talked about before, Brian, in terms of the sweeps and yeah. all these kind oh, yeah. of things. They're temporary solutions. They're not long term. Yeah. And so I think, you know, maybe 
uh, there's something to be said about incentivizing, you know, mm-hmm. good results. There's something to be said about that for sure. Yeah. Um, you also got to think about, okay, where do folks go? And yeah. this is why infrastructure is so key to all of this. It's, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to incentivize. It's another thing though, if they have the incentives and know where to go yeah. once they spend the, the $20 or right. whatever it is on a right. gift card, it's yeah. like, the, you know, what is that really going to do for yeah. someone and how is yeah. that going to change their lived experience? I, I'm not sure. I yeah. will say though, that it's a different approach than what we've talked about in the past, not exactly war on drugs type thinking, but along those lines, when you think about the whole idea of some positive reinforcement for people who are going through treatment rather than, okay, if you don't go through treatment, you're going to jail, that kind of coercive type of power there. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a balance here that the city's trying out. It sounds like this contingency management program has been successful in other areas. So we will see how that goes. But yeah, I'm very interested to see this technique. And you're right, it does need to be a long-term approach. The city has had more cops out in the Pike Pine area since the early part of last year. That was that Operation New Day that the Mm -hmm. mayor started then. So we've had a police presence there. How is this additional piece going to add to the mix and hopefully make a change there? I think a lot of people are waiting on that. Businesses are starting to come back in little by little around that area. So that'll help populate the area, too. And I think a lot of eyes are going to be on the mayor with this one for sure. Well, I'm glad that y'all are on it. What else has been kind of hitting the the topics y'all been covering? Yeah, this week there's something interesting that's been going on in the Seattle City Council, and they actually just voted this week to approve this. So this was for late fees on rent. If you pay your rent late, what is that fee? What should it be set at? A few cities around our area, Burien, Auburn, have set that at $10. And they're trying to say, okay, these late fees can get really onerous for the renters out there. And it turns into a situation where they get pushed into debt. So Seattle started looking at this as well and ended up voting on that $10 level. But there was a lot of fight back and forth within the city council about this. Council member Sawant started with this measure a couple of months ago, finally brought it to the finish line here, had a good amount of support, but it was a 7-2 vote. And the two council members that voted against it, council member Nelson and council member Peterson, they were really talking about trying to figure out ways to help out the mom and pop landlords, as they put it there, and is reducing this fee by putting it down to $10. They were looking for a $50 level there just to try to keep keep something uh, in the mix there that was a little bit more than what the council was considering there. It ended up that that measure got pushed down. And it was an interesting fight there because is $10 versus $50 really going to change the entire you know rental market out there? Probably not. But I think it was something where uh, council members Nelson and Peterson were trying to notch some sort of win, if you want to call it that, for the uh, landlords out there. And I really think the Seattle City Council and hearing from a number of different jurisdictions like Burien and Auburn, and also hearing from renters too, were saying, okay, we still need to protect some of our renters out there. Yeah, we're out of the pandemic officially, but in terms of people actually recovering it, I think that's a much longer runway. At least that's the way I saw it and what the council was doing here. So they set that level of $10 for late fees. There also cannot be other fees laid on top of that, like a service fee for a notary coming to your door. We've all been there, you know, Um, but it's one of these situations where the city's trying to put a limit on that so they don't push these ranchers further into debt when they're running into difficult situations. Well, uh, honestly, something has to be done here, Brian. I mean, we're talking about about, you know, people who are paying, you know, two, three thousand dollars in some cases yeah. for a very tiny right. apartment. And, um, you know, we understand that there are mom and pop landlords out there. Um, I, I, I understand that. But I also think, you know, how much do the late fees 
help the landlord. I mean, yeah. there's a lot I, I, and there's a lot I don't know about that. I think that, it's, right? just, it's just trying to keep it as some sort of punitive measure such that people won't say, oh, cool, I can just pay it late. It's just another 10 bucks, that right. kind of a thing. And I'm just explaining the argument, not supporting it. But that's kind of the idea, I think, from the landlords well, from I, their side. And I understand that, yeah. too. I think, uh, you know, anytime we talk about affordability when it comes yeah. to housing, it's such a major issue here. And I think it's going to, you know, require some bold approaches. Yeah. I mean, some I still have yet to really kind of see to a certain degree, because how is the city protecting renters and renters' rights? and tenant rights. And um, we see that the city has really had no cap on how they can raise the rents yeah. dramatically. Yeah. Um, if they give like a 30 day notice or 60 sure. day notice or whatever, it's like there's no, it, you're, some rents are, have doubled and yeah. tripled yeah. over the last like five, 10 oh, years. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's been unmanageable. Yeah. And unfortunately it seems like there's a lot that is on the sides of the landlords and mm -hmm. less about the renters. So, yeah. you know, maybe this is a good, some type of compromise. I yeah. don't know, it, but I do think that, you know, when people talk about rent caps, yeah. Yeah. that's a whole other thing that needs it is. to be it uh, is. You know, and, addressed. And there's a state law that actually prohibits uh, that type of rent control as it's called in, in different cities around the area. So that's, that's not happening right now. Although the city of Seattle has actually pushed for that at the state legislature for many, many years. Years. Is it going to happen? Probably no time soon. But this is one of these kind of things. And the city council even brought it up in its discussions here. This whole talk about late fees, that really is just nibbling around the edges, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's not really doing that that big work of like, how are we honestly going to make our area more affordable for people? And that does mean involving landlords too. How do we make it yeah. less onerous for them so they can get into the market, so they can develop, so they can build, so they maybe can put on an ADU on their place and rent it out, things like that. I'm interested to see how this plays out on the larger picture, not just this whole late fee thing, but the larger picture of our state this year really pushing for this idea that, okay, guess what? We're going to have at least duplexes in every area of every city, just about that 6,000 or larger. They just, they just passed that measure very recently here. I'm really interested to see how that pans out. Is it going to be a situation where we see duplexes everywhere immediately? No, that doesn't always pencil out for builders, right. but there's the ability to do something like that. And so having that extra ability, and I think that extra impetus from the state to bring in these extra units, I'm really excited to see how that goes. Is it gonna be enough to solve our affordable housing problem? Probably not, but there are some little pieces coming together here that I think are gonna be really interesting to watch from a renter's perspective and a landlord's perspective too. Well, that's a good uh, take on that. Last yeah. thing, well, last yeah. topic, one, one more. Wait, I, I don't know, we, we got on? a lot of stuff going on. I guess I will just say this, there's a few different things coming up on the docket next week. One of them is happening at 1030 on Monday, the 21st, and that's all about the tree protection ordinance. I'm doing a story about it this week on Seattle Channel. I urge you to check it out. It's a very complex measure here. It can affect trees on your lot. It can affect trees if you're building, anything like that. This is definitely something that affects the south end because when we lost a lot of tree canopy over the last several years, much of that was concentrated in areas that are less affluent in the south end of town. So this is something big to consider. 10.30 in the morning on Monday, check it out. There is a public hearing there about this tree ordinance and the city's gonna be moving on this pretty soon. It's definitely a matter of equity. It's a matter of climate. There's a lot going on with this and I urge people to learn more about it because it's pretty important. 
Oh, as always, I appreciate you for staying on top of it, Brian. Yeah. Uh, you know, for folks who may not know, let them know right there how they follow you and stay connected with Seattle News, Views, and Brews, and you, Brian. Kelly. You got it. Well, make sure you watch Seattle News, Views, and Brews right here on Converge. It happens on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. And also hit me up on Twitter, at Callanan Seattle. It's a great way to keep in touch, and I really appreciate the back and forth here with all your viewers, and always a good time to be with you, Trey. Always, Brian. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you. I'm telling y'all brian always brings the heat we get into it and there's so much more that we could discuss but i am grateful because we're gonna make some space for sir steve sneed he's coming up right after this short break stay tuned y'all you're watching the day with trey COVID 19 are my income my health and my family we were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government we called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, they talked to our lender and saved our home. Because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basie wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now is Sir Steve Sneed. What's up, Steve? <laughs> What's up? How Sir, wow, you? I'm not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, as I said, really, you have been so committed to, you know, ensuring that your brilliance and your expertise stays in these young folks' minds, man. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. I've been able to see you at work at ATS Sukiyama <laughs> High School, still doing it, still teaching uh, acting you know making it alive for young folks yeah, but you're yeah. really here today to talk about the arts and education festival that y'all are putting together tell us more about this Steve. yeah well um it's called the liberated village arts and education festival it's may 13th uh from 11 to 5 so it's during the day it's got a lot of things going on and it comes from the uh liberated village uh, this organization called the Liberated Village, which is a school without walls. This is a million dollar initiative that is set up with about 20 different organizations funded by the county, by King County. And um, it's set up to educate our black and brown young people of all ages, uh, primarily middle school and high school. And so the 20 or so organizations will be featured at the festival. And really, you know, it's like a big open house. That's what it is, right? But we'll have prizes. We'll give away prizes. We'll have free food. We got Philly's Best there giving out free sandwiches. Um, and we'll have some other food vendors. So the parents and young people will be able to learn about the Liberated Village. And then also to see some of the young people's work on display. We've got a filmmaker 
uh, who's uh, managing a kind of, we're calling it a film festival, but it'll be a, a series of shorts that's student films. Uh, Anita, I think you may have met Miss mm -hmm. Anita, Dr. Cal, we call her. Uh, so we'll have films by the young people. We'll have uh, dance performances and music that they're mixing. Vitamin D teaches the hip hop music. So he'll be, you know, he'll have some of their music on display. And it's just an opportunity to sort of celebrate our young people, for one thing, but to also give other young people and other parents an opportunity to get their kids registered for some of these organizations and to participate in the liberated village. Well, you know, clearly the need is definitely big and wide. Um, and so I love hearing this kind of, you know, way of not just showcasing the brilliance within these organizations, but the services yeah. that they're really looking to give young people and the families really as an extension. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I think about my kids all the time and, and part of, you know, me being embedded in community means that I have a purview to yeah. so many different nodes that they can right. hit. Um, but a lot of parents don't have that. And so tell us from your experience how you've been able to kind of guide parents to understand some of these opportunities that exist outside of the schools oftentimes for their young people to be even more enriched. Yeah. Well, and that's that's um, what the village does. I mean, it, 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 it involves the parents as well as the young people. It's not just for young people, but it is for the parents as well. There's uh, uh, Dr. Sullivan provides classes on how to best educate black and brown children. And she teaches teachers, parents, adults, so that they can understand the needs. And she's been doing this work for years. Uh, so you have opportunities for the parents to be just as engaged, to be leaders. Uh, they serve in various ways throughout this, this, um, this process. So um, it is not just for young people. I just want to be clear about that. It is for uh, parents as well, so that they can understand the needs of their children, as well as understand the opportunities. It's just like the college preparation. College preparation, when I, when I, my kids were first going to college, I realized the process of just getting them, finding a college mm -hmm. and getting them registered and set up and the cost is just, you know, if you haven't done any, you had no experience with that, then it's just a big, you know, <laughs> it's a big challenge to figure out how to get. And so we provide that. We provide mm -hmm. services that help young people and parents understand how you get into college. How do you, what colleges are out there? What do they cost? So, um, but at the same time, there's an organization that deals with trades and teaches young people about the various trades and what kind of living you can make in trade. So there are many opportunities, uh, finance, and the, the finance education that this one group does is for the parents and the students. So everybody learns about financial management and the options for managing your money, investing your money, that sort of thing. So it's really, a, which is why it's called the village, because it's complete with so many different uh, ways of engaging young people and families, really. And that's who's invited to the festival, to, yeah. to you know to learn about the village. Well, you know, this goes back to the original, 
people have heard me say it a lot, but I always talk about the original civilizations, right? So much of it was village minded. It had a village format. And oftentimes uh, what they did back then, these are some of the things and tools and ideologies we need to bring back today. You know, someone sent me something recently and it said, look, you know, we had an understanding Mm -hmm. in some of our original societies. We had an understanding that, hey, if you do something, you have a skill, you do a business, you do. We all come to you for that thing because you're in our community. Right. Right. Somebody in the community does something. We go to them, even if somebody outside uh, of the community can do it maybe a little bit better or for less cost or whatever. We do not go outside of the community to do that. We stay within within and community having that understanding and perspective there's a real level of respect mm-hmm. that then each node of community can give to the other because right. we already know you are buying from that person who makes shoes you're buying from that person who does welding yeah. or whatever it is right, right? Yeah. the services and uh, products are really within the community and mm-hmm. this uh, village yeah. uh, the liberate, liberated village really represents that right because yeah. each one of these organizations is doing something different but they all have something that these families can benefit from. And therein lies the real note of like what a family can walk away with is all of these amazing connections. Yeah, yeah, that is. And that's the purpose of the the festival. This big open house is to have the opportunity to meet all of the different leaders and the organizations that are providing these services. That's that's what that's for. And we'll do an orientation. So we'll talk about the village and who the people are. We'll talk about, you know, there's a registration so that we have, because in trying to to create a community like we used to have, you know, we were talking earlier about gentrification. Well, the CD was the CD, what I grew up in, everything was there. You know, we had our connections. We had, we had what was called Saturday school. And so Mm -hmm. we've been talking about that within the village, this idea, because supplementing the education for our young people is really critical. Uh, The school systems, they just don't provide what our students need. And that's evident. You look at the data and that tells you that. So you have to supplement, you have to do something else to make sure your child gets the exposure, gets the quality education. You know, at our school, I've heard students say, wow, I never understood math until I came here. Wow. Well, it's because you got a smaller environment and the students, you know, they get more attention. And it's the same thing with all these providers. They're, they're small uh, organizations and they're dedicated and a lot of times dedicated because of their own children's experiences in a school system. So, you know, I mean, you know what we do. Internships here at, uh, at ATS. We've got the internship. The kids all love it. Yeah. The exposure. Our young lady, just when she got to meet you and see your environment, she was, she was lit up. She doesn't have that kind of experience. Yeah. And so that kind of thing, those, you know, that's what you'd have in a village. You'd have opportunities to engage with professional adults in different in, uh, arenas and be able to, um, and just that exposure helps you to, to understand more and grow. So, yeah. 
you know, the, the, the village is important for all those reasons. Well, so. it's a key anchor. I mean, yeah. especially when you talk about it through the eyes of young folks who are being exposed. Yeah. It's just a key anchor. And that's why I'm so grateful for all of the folks who poured into, who continue to pour into my two sons yeah. because it's beyond family. It's right. like there's this whole thing and, yeah, you know, yeah. right. they're, they're anchors for them, mm -hmm. right? That allow yeah. for them to understand that they're valuable, they're brilliant, they're, yeah. you know, geniuses, right? right? In the ways that right. we pour in. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, I'm as a parent, I am just elated because I get to experience the fruits of right. having that village mentality right. around. I mean, yeah. when you think about something like this, uh, Steve, and, and all the years that you've been dedicated to, you know, young people and their creative abilities and talents, mm. you yeah. know, what what is something for you that's really exciting about, you know, <laughs> this upcoming event? Because oh. I'm sure there are multiple things, but yeah. you've been doing this for a really long time. And this is like another, it's like another node, almost another wave yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> you know, brilliance in all these organizations yeah. that you're, you and others at ATS are able to plug folks and families into. Yeah. Well, you, you know, the thing I initially thought about, I, I didn't know the, I, I didn't know exactly what you're going to ask, but what you made me think about, and this is related, but what, what excites me after doing this for so many years is that I've had one young person in particular, and I've had others do this, but when they come to you like 10 years or even 15 years later, and this one young lady, this is exactly what she says. She says, Mr. Sneed, as an adult, she says, Mr. Sneed, I am so embarrassed for how I behaved when I was. <laughs> and she's right. She should be embarrassed. Right? <laughs> but but what I saw was a, a, a young lady now in business for herself productive, doing things. And it tells me that you don't give up on anybody. You never give up on anybody because people, young people, and that's why they need us as adults because they need some guidance. They need some direction. They need some vision to be able to see what's possible for them. So what I'm excited about for this event more than anything is just the opportunity for all of us to be in one spot and to see this village, to experience the village, to meet each other. I mean, you know, we love a gathering anyway, right? And that's what it's all about, to come together for the young people and the adults and the teachers and the educators and the activity uh, producers and all the folks who are involved to be in one spot and to be able to share and to understand each other. And, you know, we'll do it again, I'm sure, but, but this is the first time we'll do this. So that's what I'm really excited about, the gathering. Well, you know, I gotta say, you got me excited too. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm excited because I understand uh, what's being poured into this amazing yeah. event so yeah. that families can really walk away and get that right. outpouring, right? Yes, right. That, that we can pour into families. Yes. That's the key here. That's and for it. young folks to understand it. I want you to yeah. look right there in that camera. Make sure okay. folks know one? Uh, this, this one, one? close okay. to me. How do they, you know, make sure that they show up on May 13th? Where do they get the info? Okay. Well, um, the best place is to right now is to get it from me right now. <laughs> May 13th at uh, Allen T. Sugiyama High School. It used to be called South Lake. And it starts at 11. Like I say, we'll have free food. So you, you don't have to worry about lunch because we'll have lunch for you. Um, and um, it'll start at 11. Now, it, let me ask you, can we put something on the screen with the website and that sort of thing? <laughs> phone number? Is that Look, possible? We can put it in the caption at least. Okay, sure, all right. You know. We'll do that. Uh, but, but May 13th, write that down or make note of that. 
uh, at uh, Alan T. Sugiyama High School at 11. It starts at 11 a.m. And uh, the phone number, I, I would get that yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. Uh -huh. Thank so, you so much. Steve. All right. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be with you. And I just want to publicly thank you for your tireless dedication uh -huh. to our community. Uh, you have you know, received awards for it, but awards could never uh, really tell the tale mm. of your impact. And I, I'm just grateful that I don't have to apologize to you for how I showed up <laughs> as a young person in your life. So I will say just thank right. you for staying very consistent and always right. being that resource for, you know, young folks and families. Yeah. We are so grateful to have you here in this community, shining your light on all of us. So thank you well, so thank much. Thank you. Thank you, Trey. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Oh, y'all. I told you it's going to be a wonderful episode. Of course, I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. And of course, I got to give a huge shout out to both my guests today, Brian Callanan from Seattle Channel and Seattle News Views and Brews, giving us some real insight into what he has been capturing, what's going on this week on Seattle News Views and Brews. Make sure y'all do check that out on Wednesday nights right here on Converge Media at 7 p.m. Uh, always tackling these issues that we need to know about. And of course, I got to thank Sir Steve Sneed for being here uh, with me today to share with us this amazing event that's coming there to ATS. High School, ATS Sugiyama High School, right there in the south end of Seattle. Y'all, make sure y'all are there. Bring your families, bring the kids, bring everyone. May 13th, 11 a.m. is when it starts. Uh, y'all can be looking out for that. You know, this, this idea of the liberated village, of all of these amazing organizations connecting with one another and building an ecosystem for families to be able to benefit from is a beautiful thing and it's so needed in our community. But again, you know, I want to tell y'all, I'm inspired always by what my guests share. And today I'm even more inspired because it's an, uh, another example of what it means for us to be pouring into each other from within, right? We don't always have to go outside of our community to find the answers. The answers are right here. And honestly, it is such a beautiful feeling to know when, when you are a parent or you have children, young people, you're caring for, that there is a village that is ready and willing to pour into the young folks in your lives and to do some things for us as adults when it comes to certain things that we need to be learning together in our families. So I just am excited that this event is going on. I encourage all y'all to go out there and participate in this amazing event. And I want to thank y'all for watching with me today. Of course, for me until tomorrow at 11 a.m., y'all. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.